Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello folks, and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator, and marketer. And this week we are talking about basic first aid with Janet, Janani Jagannathan. Yes. Yay! Okay. <laughs> I didn't fuck it up too bad. Oh, no, okay. you, did, you did better than most people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, would you like to introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, uh, so I'm Jenny, and I'm Paula's friend. So yeah. I'm a final year medical student. Um, and I guess, disclaimer, <laughs> everything that I'm saying today is just based off of my somewhat limited knowledge, but... Um, just like this podcast, we will stumble through it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you climbed a mountain today, so there is no way that this could be any more difficult than that. <laughs> uh, I feel like climbing mountains is a life analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, have you stumbled through anything this week? Hmm. Um, this week's been more or less like the other weeks, mm-hmm. but I think just stumbling through trying to balance everything, went went to study, you know, I was trying to get a lot done so that I could have today off to go climbing and come do this with you, so, yeah. yeah. Thank thank you so much for taking the time, like, I know your schedule is just insane, like, it's just like anyone else's, but, you know, we all make time, so, the things we like to do. Yes, because everyone's schedule is like a med student in final year schedule. That makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're talking about basic first aid. And my first question is, how do we build a basic first aid kit? Like, what should we have in them? Should we have foam creams and plasters, band-aids, sorry, band-aids, Panadol, Ignatia, that kind of stuff? What should we have? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I do not have my own first aid kit, and I realized this when you got <laughs> me the question, and then I started thinking. But like the things you said, like band aids, um, ointments. I, do you call it polysporin here? Polysporin, it's a, or like antiseptics. Yeah, yeah. Um, are really mm. good, and then those stretchy. Um, bandage kind of wraps. Wait, what stretchy bandage wraps? What do they look like in the box? Where do I find them? Do I find them at Priceline? I'm sure you could. Okay. And it's just like a, a massive roll. Um, oh. They're all rolled up, kind of like a 
grayish colors. Okay. Um, those are good as well. Sweet. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll like put a, a link to the product page <laughs> in Priceline in the show notes, and then yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you go through any first aid course or look through any book. The things that they've mentioned in there would be good to have, um, like a one of those bandage um, wraps to make slings out of mm. would be good. Um, something maybe to splint. Okay. Um, with how do, what what's a splint? What do I do with it? A what? <laughs> so if uh, I guess if you have like a fracture or something, mm-hmm. um, and you want to stabilize that limb, mm-hmm. for example. You can use a splint, um, so it could be a ruler, it could be just any sort of stick oh, okay. even. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, like, a ru- everyone's got a ruler. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, 30 centimeter ruler, guys, put it in your first aid kit. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard that there is a hierarchy of band-aids, so what's the good band-aid that we should get, and what's the shitty one that we should avoid? Ah, um, never heard that. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I was talking to a friend yesterday whose mum's a paramedic, and she right. was like, she has a favourite type of band-aid. I'll have to ask her. I guess being a student. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we can afford. I, I, well, and I haven't quite reached what my favourite stuff, mm-hmm. my go-to things are, but ask me in a few years, time. Okay. <laughs> I'll have an answer. <laughs> um, do you recommend anything, like, uh, for antiseptics and stuff, is there any particular type? Like, there's Bactroban, and I think iodine is the main ingredient in that. The, mm. Yeah, is there, like, something... Because I know some people can be allergic to iodine. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I guess with antiseptics. Like, having a cream, maybe, for mm-hmm. any type of, like, burn mm. is good. What kind of burn? Do you know of burn creams? Um... There are some, yeah. Uh, if Basically, if you go to the store and you ask for burn creams, I, back home we have, um, I'm from Canada for a little bit, but back home we have like a brand called Polysporin, which people tend to use on sort of burns or open kind of wounds. Um, that's usually useful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of any specific ones off mm-hmm. the top of my head. But also, like, when you're washing out a wound, mm-hmm. water, just water, is a great go-to. Okay. Um, you can put these other creams on top. But... Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know that, like, water is actually pretty good. So I was like, oh, no, I have to have some special water from the top of a mountain that's, I don't know, got some herb essence in it to be real. But no, it turns out just plain water and maybe an antiseptic, fine. Yeah, so you just want to make sure that you wash out any sort of debris that you can see, and yeah, usually fine. Cool. <laughs> um, so, what is a non-emergency service we can use outside of regular a regular GP or like hospital hours? Um, I found some on the Queensland website, Queensland Health website. Um, I'm gonna see if I can put all of the numbers and things, or just links to them for different states in the show notes. So click on through to them if you would like more information on that. So in Queensland, we have 13 Health, which is 13 43 25 84. And it is a phone service available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, cost of a local call, and it's qualified health staff can give you advice on symptoms and conditions, who to talk to and how quickly you should act. The advice is confidential, professional and supportive. Uh, And then there's... 1300MH call, which is 1364 2255. Um, it's a confidential mental health 
telephone triage service that provides the first point of contact to public mental health services. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's also available 24-7 and is staffed by trained, experienced professional mental health clinicians. Heck yeah, I didn't yeah. know about that. And that those resources are so good. Like, mm. there's so many phone lines like that where you can call and speak directly to a nurse or even a doctor at times. And there are, you know, a lot of um, conditions where, like, you, you can just talk and explain what's happened and everyone will have a pretty good idea of what's going on. I mean, you know, if you mm-hmm. burned yourself, there's only so, <laughs> so many ways to tell someone, I've burned myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you can describe what you see um, mm. over the phone, like if it's if it's blistering or not, um, if it's white or pink or red, you know? Mm. Um, and that's the kind of information they'll ask you for, and as long as you can communicate that, you'll yeah. get help, yeah. Easy. Mm. And it's important to do that and not clog up the emergency areas in hospitals. Definitely, yeah. And you're also saving yourself a lot of time. And money. Because, mm. yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, If you do go down to ED, mm-hmm. um, what happens is there's a system that they use at triage um, to sort of score how urgent um, someone's issue is. Mm-hmm which sort of determines when they'll get to you mm-hmm. um, in the line. But that does make sense. Like, if there's, if you're in the emergency, what is it called? Emergency room? Yeah, sure. That one. <laughs> yeah, in, in the waiting room for yeah. an emergency line. Like, you know, if you've got, like, a foreign body or whatever going straight through your hand or something, that is an emergency, but it's slightly less of an emergency than someone who's come in and has... I don't know, maybe they've lost a limb or something. Yeah, or an active heart attack. Yeah, then, you know, and that makes sense in terms of when they'll see you. So, realistically, you're far better off if you just call that, if you're like, oh, I have a burn, Uh, I wonder how bad it is, and if I should actually go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people nowadays have gone through some first aid training as well, so if you can draw from that knowledge, that you've gained or like you know quickly pulse open the book that you might have received um that's also another option mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of good information in there and it also kind of directs you you know whether or not you should go to ed mm-hmm. and in what situations yeah yeah um so burns and cuts and bruises are probably the most common thing we have to patch ourselves up for can we go through how to treat them a little bit now? And then, like, at what point do we need to really go to the emergency room? Mm. Um, so I guess with burns, you want to consider, like, you know, if you just touch the stove top and then hold mm-hmm. your hand away a second or two later, mm-hmm. you're probably fine. Yeah. But the way we look at burns is if there's any blistering or kind of the color mm-hmm. of the wound. Um, how deep it goes, mm. um, how long you might have been exposed to that, and what you were exposed to, because it, it could have been a chemical, mm. um, not just a heat source. Yeah. Um, so those are all factors to consider. Um, also, where the burn is, yeah. if it's happened on your face or your head, mm. um, it might be worth going to eat. Oh, so yeah. like the location of the burn may actually determine, like, the same burn on your face may be way, way worse than the same burn on your arm, if that makes sense. Is that yeah, that, that's at least my understanding, and okay. also it's more uh, it's somewhat of a cosmetic issue as well. Oh, okay. Um, I, and I'm thinking, like, if you have kids or something, mm. you might you might be, like, very, very concerned about mm. a burn on their face. And yeah. 
Yeah, other places to consider, you know, for larger burns, mm. so especially around the chest. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, when you get when you get a burn, depending on the degree, it can sort of cause like a tightening mm. and make it difficult to breathe. But in that situation, you're probably already heading into mm-hmm. emergency, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, we typically just look at the burn, um, mm-hmm. and again, look for any sensation, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And those sort of factors kind of mm. determine, yeah. Yeah, so the the general rule of thumb with treating a burn is you put the burned area underneath running tepid water for 20 minutes. Is that the... Yeah, and book? yeah, running water is, like you said, tepid, mm-hmm. not hot, not cold, and just keep it there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes is... That golden number. (laughs) Yeah, oh, look, just yell at your phone, right? Like, we all have that Hey Siri, Hey Alexa, Hey whatever enabled. Just be like, Hey Siri, set a timer. Mm. I panicked for a minute because I thought my phone was going to say, What? I didn't quite hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the other thing with burns, if it is a chemical, it probably doesn't hurt to take note of what chemical that was. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, you know, any information is useful um, if you come into hospital, so that's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to, like, we've sort of already touched on cuts because you said before, you know, just make sure that you rinse it out with water and make Mm -hmm. sure you get rid of any debris that's there. Maybe put some of that antiseptic on and then a bandage or a plaster, I suppose. Is there anything else that we should kind of be aware of with, like, cuts and grazes and things? Yeah, definitely. Um, If... You know, the bleeding doesn't stop within a reasonable hour or, or reasonable time. Mm-hmm. And we've all had cuts before, mm-hmm. you know. So you kind of know mm. when you're when you usually stop bleeding. That can be a red flag. Mm-hmm. Or something you should maybe look get yeah. get it checked out for. Uh, another thing is how deep it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean a PC bone. Oh. <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to Maybe just grab a friend, grab a phone, grab an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily in that order. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you might even you might need stitches, um, and that's that's not really something you can do at home. So that's not when you have to come in. Um, but bas- yeah, basically size. Not so much. There's not really anything too concerning about location for cuts and bruises. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that the only time you should really, really, really be concerned about a bruise is if uh, you suddenly start getting them a lot and you don't know why. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they're appearing out of nowhere, you know, mm. when you wake up or whatever, then yes. Cool. You should maybe go see your GP about that. Mm. But in it's terms not of how to handle a bruise, mm. you know, that's just time. Cool. But, yeah, it's not an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> um... Melanoma mole check, which is coincidentally how we became friends. <laughs> Beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell it? I think you, you go for it. Me? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, Jay and I met at a party, um, and we we had had a few, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how, but I think I was like, oh yeah, no, I have to get my moles checked. I there, there's a way of remembering it, and you were like A B C D, and I was like. Sorry, what? <laughs> uh, easy as one, two, three? <laughs> yes, I probably did say that. <laughs> um, 
and now, yeah, ever since I have learned the A, B, C, Ds of melanoma checks, we've been friends. <laughs> so that's how you make friends with med students, guys. Because <laughs> I was on my, I think I was on my GP rotation around then, and mm. uh, that GP that I was following has a special interest in skin checks. Mm-hmm. Picked up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you run us through what they are? Yeah, so it's A, B, C, D, E. Oh, um, I so, forgot one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. um, so we're looking at are your moles um, symmetrical? So asymmetry is a sign that maybe there's something going on with your mole. Um, so the next bit is B, borders. Um, if you've got irregular borders, again, something might be up. Color, if you've got multiple colors in a mole, um, typically, you know, say if ones are one color, but if you've got a few going on, or even if it changes color, that's something to consider. C is diameter, so we're, cons- we're worried about moles that are generally greater than six millimeters. Oh, how much is that in a coin? Oh, I just got rid of my coins, damn it. Yeah. How much is that in a coin size, like 10 cents? I haven't figured out coin size. Okay, in the show notes, we will have to put that in of the size of a mole you should be worried about. I feel like it's 10 cents. Mm. Okay. (laughs) 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 Um, If you got a big one, worry. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get that checked out. Um, And then E is kind of evolving. So if you've got a mole that's changing in any way, you should be concerned. with this, like, you know, some some people have had really big moles or moles that have been with them their whole lives. Those are usually less of a concern. Just ones that might pop up or that, that are changing that we worry about. And as a rule of thumb, you should get your skin checked once every year. Mm-hmm. And you can do monthly checks yourself at home or get um, someone to help you for those hard-to-reach places. Cool. And can we just go to our GP to get a mole check? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in Queensland, I feel like there are quite a few GPs who, that's their special interest, like oh. doing skin checks. Um, mm, Queensland, melanoma capital of Australia. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the world. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of help available, yeah. a lot of resources too. You know, it, all, it does, all it takes is for you to just take a look and monitor, mm. that's all. Yeah. It's good if you can pick out the new ones and keep an eye out on the old ones. Yeah. Cool. Um, Alright, so cold versus flu. Differences between the two of them. How do we treat them differently? <laughs> I guess in my... I mean, if I get sick, mm-hmm. and what I tend to do is just pick, you know, cold and flu. <laughs> cold and flu medicine. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. And... Um, you know, fluids are important and just staying hydrated, um, keeping your diet sort of simple mm-hmm. and not giving your body, you know, too much to have to break down. Um, so like simple, not super processed stuff. So if you're going to have like a carb, have like rice or a whole grain toast? Yeah, toast Not white bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try and just, yeah, and have some fruits and... Um, Fiber is important, I hear. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I guess when we get concerned is when someone's really struggling with their breathing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound concerning. Yeah, but your typical cold and flu, you know, that tends not to happen. You might feel a bit chesty and have a wet cough, but mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah. For the most part, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> um, cold is the bacterial one, is flu is the viral one. Is that right? The... Um, I, to, to me, they're both one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just tend to chuck them all under viral. Mm. Um, which means that there isn't much for treatment. It's mm. just, you just kind of have to wait for it to resolve itself. Oh, rest. Yeah. That thing. And, you know, just because you go to your GP does not mean you will be getting antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't go to my GP and just be like, excuse me, this is the dispensary, right? Mm. Yeah, no, and, and now I guess, like, you know, increasingly there's antimicrobial stewardship and... Sorry, what? Yeah, so people try not to prescribe antibiotics when possible because basically we're just making super bugs. Oh, okay, because you just put like a whole bunch of vowel sounds <laughs> together and I just... Uh, b- what? <laughs> Micro- antimicrobial stewardship. I feel like I said that wrong. No. But Okay. Oh, okay, so it's about like trying not to give you too much medicine or whatever so that there's still at least like a chance that the bugs won't learn yeah it's, it's more like we don't want to prescribe antibiotics unnecessarily mm. like if someone has a viral infection it's not going to do anything but these bugs might learn to just become resistant and then the antibiotics that we have aren't going to be effective when you know there is an issue and you need to target those bugs so Oh yeah. If, oh dear. If you can manage mm. on your own, um, I mean, I rarely go see a GP if I'm sick. I'm not discouraging people. From I mean, going. like you are a med student. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> and, and you've done placement with GPs. Yeah. I just feel like you, you have slightly more information than the rest of us. <laughs> For the most part, like there isn't much that they they can do. You know, mm. they'll tell you to take Tramadol, mm. um, have some fluids, get some rest. These are all things that we all know we should mm. do anyways. But, you know, go see your GP, if you need a doctor's note, or, you know, you just can't cope on your mm. own and you're worried. But yeah. there's no harm in that. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, now it is time for our Things I've Never Said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So this week, um, we have got four submissions. Um, the first one is, what ages do I need to start doing cervical cancer slash breast cancer slash prostate cancer screenings and stuff. Pause for Googles, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should be on the that should be on a government website it somewhere. Is. That's yeah. government mandated stuff. Like it is. It's, it's pap smears and cervical are there different pap smears and cervical screenings? No, not really. Um so recently uh, there has been a change and we just call it cer- mm. cervical screening. Okay. And they did change it up a bit, but you still get your past smears, yeah. I believe. <laughs> you do. Well, you have to start... You get free ones from the government once you hit 25. If you go in, like, even the day before you turn 25, you still have to pay for that bad boy, and it's... But, yeah, so the Australian government pays, or at least the Queensland government, um, well, like, you get a Medicare rebate, and you don't have to pay for your um, for your past smears when you turn 25. Yeah, so basically the change I was talking about recently, um, so now we call it the, the cervical screening test, mm-hmm. and this replaced the PAP, oh, um, okay. but it feels exactly the same, okay. like the process is pretty much the same, um, and like you said, it's for women, you sort of start mm-hmm. going uh, around the age of 25 or so, mm-hmm. um, the difference is this one is done every five years, oh. instead of two. Okay. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, and then all the other information is, like you said, online. <laughs> Um, Surely it would be around the same age. It tends to be an older age as well, and mm. with symptoms. So, you know, if there is an older male in your family mm. complaining about, like, having to go to the toilet at night or having issues um, with urinating, mm-hmm. then they might want to go see their GP and talk about it. Because there's mm. a number of issues it could be. It could just be a, um, could a be nothing, benign could be issue. Yeah. Mm. But it tends to present in older populations. Breast cancer screening, I know that we've all heard that it can occur in, you know, younger females, like we're talking like in their 30s or so. Oh, I know a friend of mine who got it when we were at uni. Mm. Um, yeah, so she was, what, she was 21, 22? Um, but yeah, like, can strike at any moment, constant vigilance. Yeah, and doing your own breast check. How do we do that? What's a, what's a breast check? How do we do it? <laughs> um... So basically, um, if if you track your period, mm-hmm. there is a certain time, and some apps will tell you when it's actually a good time for you to do your breast check. And some of them will even send you reminders saying, you might want to do your breast check now. Oh my gosh, what? So like, it's at a particular point in your cycle? Um, like, obviously you can do it at any point, mm-hmm. but if you've ever noticed, like, at certain times of your cycle, you might feel a bit tender mm. or sore. Yeah. It, there are changes that happen and, you know, certain glands might swell up for, you know, that's why you're feeling that way. Yeah. Um, so it might not, doing a breast check then, you mm. might feel a lump when mm. that's just your hormones and that lump usually doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, which is why there's certain periods where it's a good time to check. Huh. Mm. All these things I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically if you check, um believe the best way to do it I mean when we do it is when you're lying down and Mm -hmm. then you sort of raise one arm um so the same arm Mm -hmm. that of the breath that you're checking you raise that over your head and kind of go around in circular motion starting from sort of near your um armpit Um, yeah Yeah. and then working in and then working around and it's sort of like a swirl it's like a six but like swirly six yeah and around to the center. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not like a, a straight up and down thing. It's like a you have to go in a circular motion. Mm. It's just one you're doing at home. Mm. What whatever works for you, but that positioning is important. Um, mm-hmm. And then just starting, you know, when you when you're pushing, mm-hmm. um, just start superficially and work a bit deeper mm-hmm. in sort of circular motions with your hand. Okay. And then using not the palm of your hand, but mm-hmm. just kind of the your fingers mm. okay so like your thing what like two knuckles so like from your fingertips to like your second knuckle that kind of yeah area. okay cool yeah and mm. then just have kind of yeah, yeah. and then push and sweet and then check both yep. sides <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and if there's any sort of i guess changes mm. um with nipples or mm. if you get any discharge um cracking mm. Um, skin changes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just note those things and tell your GP. Cool. Yeah. Um, our second submission is pap smears get a bad rap. They're not that scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the movies and TV shows just like make it seem so much worse than it actually is. 
I think people do worse things to their bodies, you know? (laughs) Yeah, waxing, for one. Yeah. (laughs) But this is is fine. And in the scheme of things, you know, should something get picked up, Mm. hopefully not. But Mm. it's better to know. Absolutely. All right, last off we have, I feel like I should know more about taking care of myself than just run tepid water over the burnt. Oh, this person's informed. Um, I'm putting antiseptic on, but that's all I ever need? And there's like three question marks. Should I be preparing for way, way worse? Um, I guess being prepared for way, way worse doesn't hurt. Mm. So knowing, you know, having those numbers that Paula listed um, earlier and will link you to mm. is important. Um, Put them on your fridge. Yeah. Decorate them. Make them part of the furniture. It's great. <laughs> and, you know, preparing a first aid kit. Like, before, mm. you know, before preparing for this off, I never really considered that, but it's a great idea. Um, yeah. So if you want to prepare for worse, all the power to you. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I know we totally didn't discuss this before we went in, but sunburn and mm. stuff. Like, sure, what's the difference? But there's, like, sunburn and then there's heat stroke and then there's like a thing in the middle dehydration or something i don't know uh heat, exa- heat exhaustion yes okay what yes. please help um so sunburn mm-hmm. who hasn't had one mm-hmm. um just make sure you reapply your sunscreen as directed on whatever bottle you're using waterproof sunscreen as well just because it says waterproof you know doesn't mean it's fully waterproof yeah yeah so just reapply um, I think it's every 20 minutes. It'll be on the bottle. And, you know, coming to, when I came here, I realized that you guys have a saying, slip, mm-hmm. slap, slop, slop, slip, slap, slop. Yep. Yeah, and I think there's a few others <laughs> versions of that. But, oh my god, the Sun Mum ad, which I will link you to in the show notes because it will make your goddamn day. <laughs> I haven't heard of it. What? Is that the slip, slap? No? It's no, it's, it's just, uh, like, pot-bellied, burly, middle-aged man in a sundress with some lipstick on, um, and he's sun mum, and, like, he's just chasing after people, like, trying to get them to put their hat on, or, like, apply (laughs) sunscreen, and yelling at his kids, and it's it's just very funny. I think that should be a staple on every Aussie beach, like, (laughs) in addition to your lifeguard. I (laughs) A designated sun (laughs) mum. I need this. <laughs> I mean, that could be changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your other question. So mm-hmm. heat exhaustion. I can't say the word, but <laughs> and heat stroke. Basically, it's when you get symptomatic. So mm-hmm. you've been in the sun for too long. You haven't had water. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're finding it hard to, you know, keep your consciousness or oh. or communicate with others. Mm-hmm. That's more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's first aid information on how to recognize and treat someone going mm-hmm. through that and when you should get help mm. um but the best way to avoid it is to stay hydrated and have some shade mm. around you as well and to not go out and do arduous things in the middle of the day mm. Mm. yeah and just keep an eye on the people you're with mm. um and you know yeah look out for each other yeah yeah if they don't have water Share some water with you. Yeah. <laughs> Just yell, hydrate, bitch! <laughs> That's what I do, but in a very friendly way, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, alrighty, and to round out our lovely podcast episode, uh, what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? So I was thinking about this when you started <laughs> at the beginning. 
Oh, um, apply sunscreen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not go to the ED for a simple cut. <laughs> yeah, not fair. That yeah. <laughs> I want to say something deep. Maybe like ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, spend more time with friends and I don't know, catch up with someone I haven't caught up with in a while. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. I like that. That's pretty. That that's meaningful. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 